Hey guys, it's Travis Cronin, your host of the Us Weekly Hot Hollywood Podcast. This week, we are going to be diving into a lot of celebrity scandals. We're going to be talking about people storming off on high-rated television shows because they were not happy with the outcomes, new restraining orders and legal drama, some new celebrities testing positive for COVID and who's having to take care of them. And we have a lot of messy threesome drama from 2007, which is always great. We have some Mindy Kaling book revelations. Really go into, is Jessica Alba allowed to look at anyone in the eye on 90210? Our wants and wishes for Jennifer Aniston, Housewives drama, and much, much more. But let's get started with our intentions. Again, these are not intentions for ourselves. We think we're doing all right, but our intentions for celebrities who are maybe not doing so right or doing something amazing that we want to see more of. Let's kick it off. Sarah Huron, who is your intention for today? Well, Travis, this is an intention that I had a long time ago and I got certain answers, so now I'm updating it. So obviously months ago, I wanted answers about Hannah Brown and Tyler Cameron because they quarantined together for a month in March and April in his house in Florida. And now I have those answers because they both posted long YouTube videos explaining their relationship. And I spoke to Tyler for Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast, Here for the Right Reasons. Check that out. Quick plug. But now that I know that they allegedly didn't kiss the entire time they slept in a bed together for a month and they are still just friends, I need them to not be just friends and try one last time. I know that they both admitted that they went through a really hard time earlier this year. Hannah's brother overdosed. He's okay now, but he went to rehab. And Tyler's mom died. And they were probably smart to say we shouldn't hook up because we're both, you know, emotionally damaged right now and we need to be friends. But it's been a while. And as I was watching these videos, I'm still feeling it between them. And I just need one last shot, maybe even wait a little longer through the end of the year. But like, let's start 2021 with these two dating. I love that. I was also really confused by the fact that they slept in bed together for so long and never kissed, but it sort of took me back to Ashley, I, and Jared, how for two years they did the same exact thing, slept in a bed for two years together and never kissed, and now they're married and trying to get pregnant. I don't know if Ashley, I, and Jared slept in a bed together, but I understand what you're saying. You did. Ashley told me that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Gwen, who is your intention for this week? My intention is for Lily Collins. Perhaps you have gotten involved in the delight that is Emily in Paris. I love the show. I would like for Lily to brush up on her acting skills, but give us a season two. And I have an adjacent intention for someone else on the show, Emily in Paris. The guy who plays Antoine, his name is William Abaday. He's hot as hell. My intention is for him to call me. Also, if you guys go to usmagazine.com slash stylish, read all about his intentions for American women versus French women when it comes to fragrance. And a really interesting little tidbit about how French men gift their mistress a different fragrance than their wife. You think they would want the same fragrance so the wife doesn't get suspicious. Um, I watched Emily in Paris, and let me just say that I hated it. However, well, I love it. it's so poppy and fun. We all need a little joy right now. Why are you sucking away my joy, Sarah Hiram? 
Well, what I'll say is I need the actor who plays Gabrielle or Gabriel or whatever that hot French guy is to call me because he was the only part I liked, even though he couldn't act at all either. So they all need some acting lessons, but the, the, the vibe was good. I'll say that. I've been hearing so many good things about this show. It seems like upbeat, pretty close, pretty people doing fun things. That's exactly what it is. It's a romp. It's a trip to Paris when we are stuck in this apocalypse. Uh, so I would get involved. Well, Paris is always a good idea to quote the infamous Hills, Laguna Beach lines. All right, let's, my intention this week is for Kylie Jenner. Um, first of all, just a sort of keep it up. I loved her and Stormy's making uh, Halloween cookies content. I liked that way more than I thought I would and I forgot how much I missed, uh, you know, Kylie being like a cooking mom. And also she posted this bikini thirst trap selfie trying to get people to register to vote. And there were thousands of new voter registrations and the site went up, I think 33% right after Kylie posted that like steamy bikini shot where she looked amazing. So way to like use your thirst traps for a good cause. Here for it, love it, want more of it. Yes. I love Kylie Jenner's YouTube content. I need more of it. And of course I love a Kardashian thirst trap. I mean, they that's what makes the world go around. Absolutely. More and more of them, please. All right, let's dive into the news this week. I want to start with this heated, heated Anne Hayes drama on Dancing with the Stars because <laughs> it was so damn dramatic. Sarah Huron, I mean, maybe we've all heard of it now, but give us a little book breakdown about what went on in Dancing with the Stars that night. It was sort of a mess. On sort of a mess. Um, I mean, listen, Tyra has had a rocky start as the host of Dancing with the Stars, and the most recent episode was no different. Um, it was pretty, you know, she was doing pretty well, had a quick wardrobe malfunction, but got through the episode. And then at the end, all of a sudden, when she was reading the results, she started saying the wrong names were safe. And she was like, oh, blaming the control room and her cards were messed up. Like it was just a disaster. And they had to call back Monica from Cheater, who thought she was safe. She had left the dance floor, had to come back. Chriselle was on the dance floor, but she wasn't listed as the bottom two. So she ran out. And Anne Hayes was the other one who was left. So the judges had to choose between Anne Hayes and Monica from Cheer. And, yeah. safe. and they sent home Anne Hayes. Um, and she did not look happy and quickly left the ballroom. And then she came out and said, you know, this was the week that she opened up a lot about her relationship with Ellen. And she really gave the show a lot of details about how she felt ostracized from Hollywood and things she had never said before. So she told Page Six today, the honest truth is that it took 20 years to process and share that story. So finally telling it and being voted off on the same night was not the best feeling. It did feel good to tell my story to the show that we've come a long way and we see things with more acceptance, even though we are not all the way there yet. It's important to recognize how far we've come. Messy. Messy. Gwen, what do you think about this and Anne Hayes, you know, championing gay rights and being pissed when she's not applauded for them? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. First of all, I'm glad that Monica stayed on the show because she's the one who has more talent and she should stay on the show. I miss Anne Hayes when she was wandering around in a white nightgown and, you know, barefoot. Yeah. I, you know, I think she's a little bit kooky and I would actually like her to come forward and talk more about what it was really like living with Ellen and if Ellen was mean to her, like she's mean to people who work on her show. Yeah, I want to hear that too. And I thought an interesting quote from her page six chat this morning was that she was saying that she wasn't allowed to bring Ellen to after parties and they didn't want to bring her to the red carpet for one of her big movies at the time and that it really helped ruin her career, which I thought was interesting. Glad times have changed. 
All right, let's go back to our closest to royal couple, who's one of them is taking crazy pills, Kim and Kanye. (laughs) Kim stunned in her skims, of course, on the cover of Grazia magazine. And she announced that Kanye had COVID around the time that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson had COVID. She says, yeah, Kanye got it too. Kanye had it from the beginning when no one knew what was really going on. It was scary unknown. I had my four babies and no one in the house to help. So she was caring for Kanye. She was wearing a face shield, changing his sheets. And luckily she did a good enough job because none of her kids nor her got COVID. Like back in the time that it was really, really scary. And they probably didn't even want, you know, medical experts in their house. And those medical experts didn't even really know what to do. Gwen, did this story make you feel, you know, better, worse, indifferent towards Kim and Kanye? You know, not really. I still think that their relationship is bonkers. I think that, you know, she's hanging on by a thread there and she really tries to support him. But, you know, I don't know. Here's the bottom line. I always like to see her in her skims. I always see her in her skims and then I order the skims. I have so many skims and I started ordering skims during the pandemic and I don't go anywhere. So, you know, short of just posting a thirst trap for democracy myself wearing skims i don't know when i'm gonna you know get to bust them out but you know i i did i always like when stars come clean and are candid about what's actually going on in their lives i mean you know i think that it would have been a little bit more inspiring to people who were terrified back at the beginning of the pandemic if they would have been um transparent about what was going on in their family Especially because, you know, looking back, that was around the time when things started getting really weird with them. If you'll remember. I do. So, you know, I, 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 I would appreciate transparency when the situation is happening, not months later. God. Well, Sir Heron, speaking of transparency, I really want you to take us into Colton and Cassie. They just had another legal update about their messy, messy case. Restraining orders are involved. Tell us what happened on Monday, Monday morning. I would love to, Travis. So as we know, Cassie was granted a restraining order against Colton. She accused him of stalking. She accused him of harassing her via anonymous text messages and text messages straight from his phone. His team has been pretty quiet this whole time, just saying this is a legal matter. So they had a court hearing on October 6th. And a couple hours before that hearing, Cassie filed a police report giving the police the images that she has of this alleged tracking device that Colton put in her car. So now we have the police involved instead of just, you know, the restraining order, the temporary restraining order. So we're not totally sure what's going to happen with that because when their lawyers went to their hearing, Cassie and Colton were not there, but their lawyers were there. And it was brief. um, And they both agreed and told the judge they are trying to handle this amicably and trying to resolve this resolve the issue which is interesting because then before that she went to the police which seems to make things more complicated but you know i think she should i just don't know how that's going to make it amicable um but basically the judge you know took in their statements and said that they are keeping the restraining order until november 6th which is their new court date so you know it really is because of that low jack that he put on his car Gwen, have you ever been lojacked in your life, tracked by an ex-boyfriend? Do you know Cassie? Well, actually, you know, my my ex, when we were together, like while we were together, he gave me as a gift. Remember when those like little Motorola, like 
like deeper things. Yeah. Yeah. They're like big. He gave yeah. me that. And I called that my Lojack device because he always knew like where I was and what I was doing and could get in touch with me at all times. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what's so interesting now is I feel like people always are doing like the find my friends app with with, like significant others and with like some of their friends. And I'm like, I don't even have my Snapchat map on. Like I don't want anyone to know where I am. And like, I guess potentially if I get kidnapped, that could backfire. But if you are dating someone and you break up and have a messy split, like, yeah, you can turn that stuff off, but you still gave them that, gave them that opening. And I wonder, I bet they had the kind of relationship where maybe they tracked each other like that how other couples do and then he obviously took it too far after they broke up but it's just a weird thing that people do now it's totally intrusive and it's a little bit scary oh god do you know what's intrusive and also a little bit scary Khloe Kardashian's facial transformation I mean I think it's pretty wild she never fails to disappoint that's true that's true well we had a source sort of shed some light on Chloe's recent transformation where she looks just like Ariana Grande um, the source told us that Chloe's transformation, yes, it did a hard work in the gym with her trainers. We've seen her lose so much weight. And that Chloe has done a lot of micro-injections, laser work, and facial contouring procedures, as many of the women in Chloe's family does as well. The source also went on to say Chloe's always felt like the ugly duck of the family, but now she feels like she's done the best version of herself. She hasn't done any major surgery, just small little treatments and tweaks. And of course, she goes into Facetune for the big things, which make it look like a nose job. Sarah, you, I see you want to speak on this right now. I mean, I have so many things to say, mostly that it just like hurts me so much because Chloe was just like it. And I, I loved her so much. And I, I read her book, strong looks better naked. Okay. I was like all in on Chloe and I wanted to believe like that she was, you know, owning being a little different. She was still always gorgeous, but like, I get it. It's a lot of pressure to have the Kendall and Kim and Kylie as your sisters and Courtney, even though she's the least interesting to look, look at allegedly, Um, but it, what really just takes me to another level is the face tune of it all, because whatever the filters of this, it's, it's like the fillers and the surgery. It's sad. But when on like videos, she doesn't look horrible. She just kind of looks like every other celebrity. Yeah. And as much as I wish she stayed natural, I think that that's inevitable. But the face tune makes it where she looks like a cartoon and ruins everything. I don't get it. Why is she doing that? Yeah, it's that resized feature on the nose for me, dog. That's such a no. Gwen, what do you think about her facial journey? Do you like it? Do you not like it? I love it. I have to admit that Chloe is my favorite Kardashian and Jenner. She's my favorite of that whole clan. She's the one with the personality. She's the one who doesn't take herself too seriously. Um, I mean, I gotta say, I think that it's totally photo apps. I don't think that she looks that different in real life. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen her, but like, listen, everybody hits the needle. Everybody gets some laser work done in Hollywood, some skin tightening. Like none of these things are a big deal. I think that looks like there's a lot of thermage going on. There's a lot of like, we don't really know. There's, There's some, you know, some tightening around the jawline, but everybody does that. I think that the real reshaping of her jawline is an illusion. I think it's a photo app. Yeah, I do too. Kelly Dodd made headlines this week (laughs) for just being who Kelly Dodd is, one of the messiest people. It's like she tries to anger everyone in her life. And this is like sort of how she, you know, gets by and gets through life. Sarah Huron, take us through all of the things completely wrong with her bridal shower. 
just a mess. I mean, listen, when Kelly first joined Orange County, she actually was kind of like a breath of fresh and she was really funny and they were a little like snooty at the time. And she was, she was great. And she's quickly gone downhill. Um, and she had a bridal shower last week or a couple of days ago and there were no masks. I mean, then she ended up posting a picture with the mask, but that was clearly like to mock all of us. Right. They weren't wearing masks. There was a million people there. California has very strict laws right now. So I'm really unclear how this is happening. And she wore a hat that said drunk wives matter. She has since, you know, she apologizes, but then in the comments of her apology, she's always like thanking the people who agree with her and who tell her not to apologize. And it's just bizarre because we saw Bravo, you know, take action by firing a lot of people on Vanderpump Rules, Below Deck, Southern Charm for, you know, different things over the years. And we've seen, you know, they kind of just ignore Kelly. I know Andy spoke at one point and said, why would you take coronavirus advice from Kelly Dodd, which is true to an extent. You know, I do think we put our reality stars sometimes on a little bit of a pedestal. Like we watch them because they're messy, but when they're, I mean, promoting like dangerous rhetoric or ideas, we do have to be like, all right, like what the hell? And there's a lot of Bravo fans and like influencers, fan blogs who are boycotting the season, which is coming up because of Kelly. And, you know, she's getting married this weekend to Rick Leventhal of Fox News. So I'm sure that it'll just be the bridal shower times 10, right? Yeah. I mean, Gwen, what were your first thoughts when you saw the drunk wives matter, the no mass, and just Kelly just being unabashedly unsorry? Here's my first thought was canceled. (laughs) This cancel culture is actually a little bit of a canceler. Yeah, but it's just like, there's no excuse, especially when you are someone who has a platform to use your voice in a way that is offensive to anybody. Well, let's talk about one of my favorite people who used their platform for good. Mindy Kaling came out with a book and she is easily one of the secretest celebrities about her baby. We have not heard anything. We don't know who the father is for sure. I mean, we literally, she pretty much has never spoken about this child ever, but she had some new revelations in her book about that and some other stuff. Gwen, what were your favorite highlights from Mindy? I love that she said that she was going to raise her daughter as a Hindu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, here's what she says. The 41-year-old writes about her decision to raise her daughter as a Hindu, why she hired a baby nurse, the pros of being single, and whether she sees herself welcoming a second child. I sure hope yeah. she does. She mm-hmm. said, the reason I'm kind of Hindu and will raise my daughter to be kind of Hindu is to have this connection deep inside my own heart to other people who look like us and have shared key experiences thousands of miles away. I I just love everything she says. I think she's such an amazing writer. And, you know, she talked about being like a single mom a little bit and about how she does all these, you know, all these jobs while being a single mom. It was just really beautiful because when, when they're not so open, when they finally give it to us, I feel like we like listen up. There are a few things I love about Mindy Kaling, including the fact that her daughter's name is Catherine and she calls her Kit, because that's just like, Kit, I feel like is a kind of a forgotten name. It takes me back to my American Girl doll. So I love that. And I also that's love a that- a of their own, too. Oh, love that movie. Seen that. No crying in baseball. Um, and I mean, listen, like as, as confident as she is, and like, I agree, like, I'm surprised that she, you know, has these insecurities about ordering dessert and stuff. I love that she does. And she's like saying them because we kind of, you know, she's so like- successful and I mean all her writing credits on the office and the mini project like she's beyond but she still feels that way and she's not afraid to tell us and I my favorite quote from the book was something along the lines of if it comes to having like mediocre sex with someone I love or 15 minutes on Instagram I choose Instagram and I was like that's hilarious (laughs) that's amazing 
Sarah Huron, I need you to walk me through why Jessica Alba was treated like such crap in the 90s. Allegedly. So be allegedly, because she's so pretty, you never think anyone would treat Jessica Alba badly because she has pretty people privilege. But, you know, there was a mitigating circumstances. Tell me what happened. You know, take you back to the peach pit. It got real. Um, Jessica Alba, if you do not recall, was on two episodes of Beverly Hills 90210, which somehow I have seen every episode of several times, even though I was barely alive when it aired. Um, this was 1998, and she played Leanne, a single mother who um, sought help, a teen mom who sought help from Kelly, who's Jenny Garth's character, who worked at like a clinic at the time. And Jessica Alba was on Hot Ones talking about this, and her experience on Iron came up, and she said, I couldn't even make eye contact with any of the cast members, which was really strange when you're like trying to do a scene with them. I was like, it was like, you're not allowed to make eye contact with any of the cast members or you'll be thrown off the set. So this obviously like went viral and the 90210 cast, which it was just 30 years since the premiere. So they were all like together and they've all separately like been doing press for stuff. And Jenny, who, you know, admitted I had most of the scenes with Jessica Alba Mm -hmm. because it was her character storyline, said I had all the scenes with her. If anybody didn't want to have their eyes looked into, it would have been me, but I don't remember because I have the world's worst memory. She was very young and she was really sweet. It does not surprise me that she's gone on to be successful. And Tori Spelling, Ian Ziering, and Jason Priestley have all kind of said, we never said that, but we have no idea if like Fox or the producers like made it seem like we were these scary people. And maybe yeah. they told Jessica Alba not to look at them. But as um, Ian Ziering pointed out, how do you act with someone if you're not looking at them? Like, And then I went back and watched clips of her on the show and great acting all around from Jenny and Jessica. So the chemistry on screen didn't suffer. Yeah, it seemed like they were both like, uh, this was a producer who like made this up. This was like not our intention. I love how Jenny Garth was like, if it was anyone who was going to be the diva and mean, it was going to be me. I mean, that was so Lisa Rinna own it of her. Mm -hmm. Um, Gwen, what were your first thoughts on lovely billionaire businesswoman Jessica Alba saying these things? I mean, I, I, I love Jessica Alba. She keeps it real. And I kind of love that, you know, like at the time she was sort of a nobody and they kind of like shunned her, you know, like they weren't nice to her. They sort of like, she wasn't like part of the, part of the clique. And I love that she's like not afraid to make it known now. And I also find it really funny that Sarah Heron watched 90210 when she was obviously in grade school. Well, I caught I caught up in middle school. They used to air reruns on Soapnet, which the the oh. RIP Soapnet, my favorite channel, and I would just watch Nine Hundred Two Melrose Place, Dawson's Creek. I've seen all of those shows, even though I wasn't really alive when they were made. But when you think <laughs> if you think about nineteen ninety eight, you're on Nine Hundred Two It's season eight. I mean, Luke Perry was gone and Shannon Doherty was gone, but like yeah. the big names were still there: Jenny Garth, Jason Priestley. Like maybe Jessica Alba went in. And was like said to like a, a assistant director like oh I'm a little nervous and the assistant director was like yeah don't look at them in the eye but like the, the, maybe it was like she went in on on edge but I don't know Tori Spelling and Jenny Garth have a new podcast where they're gonna be rewatching every episode and recapping fun. and I will be listening. That is gonna be so fun! I can't wait to have them talk about their outfits and the Tori Spelling like first prom dress she couldn't sit down in. Yes, really Donna Martin graduates. Donna Martin graduates. Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood podcast is proudly sponsored by Nutrisystem. Nutrisystem is a leader in the weight loss industry, having helped millions of people lose weight over the course of more than 45 years. Do you feel like in these times of social distancing and working from home that weight gain has been creeping up on you with all of those takeouts and snacks? 
This is where Nutrisystem can help you get back on track. The great thing about Nutrisystem is that it does all your calorie counting for you. The plans are designed by nutrition experts and provide you with the right balance of nutrients and the right amount of calories to help you lose weight safely. Nutrisystem is simple and convenient and it's great getting delicious, filling meals delivered right to your door every week for way less than you would spend on takeout or delivery and it's much healthier. All the meals are quick to prepare and a delicious breakfast is as easy is grabbing a snack bar or a muffin on your way out of the door. All you need to do is follow the perfectly portioned meal plan. It's reduced the stress of meal planning and shopping, and I'm eating so much better. There's a wide variety of recipes, and I save so much time as meals come together quickly, which is way less stressful and time-consuming than going to the grocery store. Nutrisystem has really exceeded my expectations. My favorite foods are the broccoli and cheddar pilaf rice, delicious, and all of their chocolate-covered oatmeal morning snack bars. They are so easy to grab and go in the morning, and I really can't get enough of them. And I can assure you that it's a great program for those looking for a complete plan to lose weight and stay healthy. Order Nutrisystem now. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash usweekly and get 50% off. Again, that's Nutrisystem.com slash U-S-W-E-E-K-L-Y to get 50% off. Now back to the show. Let's go to some real Housewives of New York news. We're a little out with the old cast members who were just drunk and mean and in with new cast members who will hopefully also be a little drunk and mean. So Dorinda was on Bethany's Just Be podcast and she confirmed that she was let go and it was not a mutual decision. Dorinda said, I was ready to go back. I was excited about going back. I was planning on going back and I thought I would have a great year. Uh, no, no, didn't happen. She says, I'm an old-fashioned girl. If you're waitressing and not getting paid, you're not waitressing, okay? So what am I saying at the end of the day? Was it mutual? No. Admitted that the housewives, uh, producers were like, we're not going to pay you. You're just drunk and mean to everybody. And you should get off the show. You could be around there, but we're giving you zero dollars. So then Dorinda decided to leave. But there is a light. You could be drunk and mean for free. Yeah, she could be drunk and meme for free. I mean, it helps housewives with their like businesses, but you know, that was not <clears throat> that's not been Dorinda's vibe in the last two seasons at all. But they already had a new one woman, Bernard Shaw. She is, thank God, a woman of color. She's African American. She is a TV personality, motivational speaker, and stage four breast cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. And we confirmed with the source today that they are shooting with her for the next se- season. Real Housewives of New York, ultimate stand. Sarah, what did you think of all this news today? I mean, one, I want to thank Dorinda for admitting that, you know, it wasn't a mutual decision. I'm loving, just like Teddy Mellencamp did, like, just be transparent. It's We all always knew, like, unless you're Lisa Vanderpump or Bethany Frankel, who Bravo would lay out the red carpet for to return or stay on the show at any time, yeah. you weren't asked back because the fans turned on you and that's how they make their decisions. And you can, you know, we call it a firing. They call it their contract not getting renewed. Whatever you want to call it, it wasn't your right. decision. Like nine times out of 10, it's not the housewife's decision. So I love that Dorinda was open about it. I'm going to miss her, but it, she definitely had a rough couple years and it didn't feel like the same Dorinda anyway. So I'm hoping that maybe she takes the time off and comes back because there's nothing better than when a housewife like comes back and is, you know, like in on it a little and can yeah. kind of whatever. So I'm happy for her that, you know, she's accepting it. And I think it's great that they have, you know, new cast members working. Real Houses of New York is my favorite franchise. So I'm a little worried because we've had the same cast for a while. And to me, it's just perfection. 
but we need to evolve and we need to add people of color. And I think that, you know, I'm sure this woman is amazing. She yeah. has been on a reality show on own a couple of years ago. So she's yeah. no stranger. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm hoping that she's got good chemistry with the cast. I'm sure she'll be on there to hold Ramona accountable Yeah. and it's Roni. I mean, it's always good. There's just no way it's going to be bad. I mean, I have to disagree. Potomac is definitely the best housewives. Okay, Potomac is the best best drama right now, but overall, Roni has the best rewatchable. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, Gwen, what do you think? Are you happy they finally got a woman of color? Do you, did yeah. you just kind of look at her? I sort of looked like she looks really accomplished, but also sort of has a little crazy look in her eye. I think that's perfect for housewives. I just love that she has some substantive plot points. Like being yeah. a breast cancer survivor, I think is a really, really important distinction. Like we haven't really had anybody who's, you know, yeah. worried about relationship drama. They've worried about like money drama, but nobody who actually there's been a very relatable health subplot. So I think that's kind of awesome. And it's about time that there's been a woman of color. It as part of the mix. So, Gwen, are you suggesting that Yolanda Hadid's Munchausen slash um, Lyme disease battle wasn't relatable? You know, a little different. A little different. Yeah, I mean, when she had like doctors flying in giving her treatments that like no one had, could ever even pronounce. But yeah, I agree. Well, let's talk about a new celebrity, maybe the most paparazzi celebrity new couple of the last two weeks Katie Holmes and Emilio. Vitolo Jr. I mean, every single day we get new paparazzi shots. They were seen at his Emilio Sr.'s restaurant having dinner with Emilio Sr. A source there told us that they were laughing a lot. He seemed really into Katie. They're meeting the family and seem obsessed with each other. Gwen, hot take, just looking at pictures and knowing what we know about the couple. You happy? You like it? I actually really like it. The body language looks amazing. Like they look like they're kind of like really into each other. I like that he's not a Hollywood guy. Mm -hmm. I like that he's a New York restaurateur. And you know, I think it's it would be fresh for her. Yeah. Like and he's a little younger, which I think is cool for her. Katie always sort of seemed to me like a little stunt growthy because of her. I don't know, coming to stardom at such a young age and Tom Cruise, it always just seemed like a little bit. So I think like a guy 10 years younger is like perfect for her. Sarah? I, I really, really loved Katie and Jamie Foxx. I did. Uh, me too. Um, but I, I, I think I'm into this. Like, I really like when ladies in Hollywood, especially ladies of a certain age, don't go for the hot, the hottest actor of the moment. They go for somebody who's a little bit more reality based, who kind of is in a world that's different from your own. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they can kind of like be a little bit more in touch with reality. It brings them down to earth. It just does. I think she must be so smitten to just be making out with them all over the city. I mean, with Jamie Foxx, we didn't even know they were dating. I think Us Weekly broke the news three years into their relationship that they were even yeah. in contact with each other. And then we rarely saw them together, let alone have any PDA. And when we did, it was like mind blowing. You know, I was really into that relationship. And I think that that relationship was a, a very private, I think it was like a bedroom relationship. It was, it was hot. It was sexy. And quite honestly, I think... I, I don't think that it was meant to be shown in public. I agree, so but but there's something, and I always thought that they were both on the same page about that, like they wouldn't want, but if, if maybe she doesn't feel that way and she was just doing that because that's what he wanted, because with this guy, I mean, I've seen them make out more times than I've seen like 
any other celebrity couple make out and it's been two weeks. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Jamie Foxx stuff was because he had done, you know, a movie with Tom Cruise not too far back. Who knows what the exit details on Katie's divorce were about. It seemed like it was that because, yeah, Us Weekly did break the news at the time they were dating. And I remember a couple of weeks later, we got a picture of them, which we put in the magazine, of them holding hands in a recording studio. And their reps were still denying that they were together after so many years, so many times together. So there was something going on there. And I, a source told us that Katie and Emilio were like high schoolers in love, just like giddy all over each other. And sorry, I think you're right that if she's so comfortable with being like photographed and making out with this guy, yeah. something good has got to be happening. Totally. All right, and we gotta get a little bit of airtime today to our girl Stassi, who got married to Bo. I mean, Gwen, something tells me you do not care at all. I really don't. <laughs> That's not my wheelhouse. Give me eyes wide shut, and you know what? Sarah can take Stassi. Right. You know, that's what I was looking for, Gwen. So Sarah, tell us what we should know about this wedding. We don't know much yet, but tell me why it's important. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, Stassi Schroeder, Vanderpump Rules alum now, because she was fired for her racially insensitive remarks. And, you know, probably deservedly so. Mm -hmm. um, she is pregnant with a baby girl. And Stassi and Bo were supposed to get married in Italy um, in October. Obviously, Corona happened and that, you know, forced things to be postponed. And I think because she's pregnant, they just wanted to be married when they welcomed their daughter in January. So they had like a quiet little backyard wedding. I mean, Stassi was in like a stretchy white dress, which is not her at all. So, you know, it's the real deal. And, you know, she just wants to have her family together. And she didn't care so much about the superficialness of it all, which is not very Stassi. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're still planning on having the big October 21 Italian wedding. Yep. Um, and I'm sure her dress and everything will be insane. But we know Jax was there because he commented best day ever. Um, I think it was on September 21st because she yep. had posted some other pictures. Um, and they exchanged vows. And you know what? Say what you want about Stassi. She probably shouldn't be on our TV screens. But I am happy for her to have, you know, her life more together because imagine I mean you're Kristen and your life has kind of been a disaster personally and she has a new boyfriend I don't know how that's yeah. gonna end but mm -hmm. Stassi's in the best place she's ever been in her private life so even though she doesn't have the show anymore it's probably for the best because it won't ruin her marriage because she won't be drunk fighting with Bo on TV <laughs> well speaking of famous weddings that we care about I have asked our lovely co-host today to write a little poem to Jennifer Aniston she is on the cover this week um the story goes into you know after she filmed the movie cake and she put so much into it and sort of made herself sick and it wasn't received very well at the Toronto Film Festival and crashed that she sort of rescinded from Hollywood and wasn't seen for a couple years but then came back in the last two years, started talking about her past of all kinds, her family for the first time. She got the morning show. She was doing more fun things. And I think we finally saw our old Aniston back and happy for the first time after her divorce with Justin Theroux. So I have asked you all to create a tiny little haiku poem, whatever you got for Miss Jen Ann. Sarah, you look really excited to share your Jennifer Aniston poem. So I'm gonna ask that you begin. This is a poem partly for Jennifer Aniston and partly partly for Gwen Flamberg. Oh, yes. yes. I don't think you're gonna I don't think you're gonna like it though. Okay. Oh, you're not gonna be talking about the white dress that she wore at the SAG Awards and that moment with Brad Pitt that I maintain is the best thing to happen in 2020. I not quite. Jen, you've always been a perfect 10. I know Gwen wants you to get back together with Brad, but I say you go find yourself another hot dad. Thanks for never walking away from the biz. You're still the shiz. Ugh. 
Oh, that was excellent rhyming. Excellent, Sarah. I'm a writer. <laughs> it shows. Gwen, do you have any words for Miss Jennifer Aniston for celebrating her cover of Us Weekly that I'm sure she didn't ask for? It's a short and sweet take on a haiku. It's not exactly a haiku because my syllables are not exactly perfect, but here we go. Aniston, oh, Aniston, with your California girl good looks and epic blonde locks, please offer a taco to Brad Pitt so you can live happily ever after. Stay golden. <laughs> snap, snap, snap. Yeah. Okay, mine is not as good as hers, but here we go. Jen, 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 you're America's best friend. We've seen you conquer the acting world and then having Angelina and Brad make your head twirl. We love when you take bong hits from an apple and when you switched up wearing only black dresses, that was your staple. Staple. Oh, God. You gave us the Rachel a signature 90s cut and then went to Apple TV morning show to get yourself out of a creative rut. We will always be rooting for you, boo, because we'll be there for you. Wow, strong ending. Rough middle, strong ending. Um, yeah. You've never heard the word staple as a black dress staple? No. <laughs> You know, poetic license, as they say. Yeah, that was my poetic license. All right, guys. Well, do you know what it's time for? Celebrity birthday boxing mania. It's time for celebrity birthday boxing mania. All right, this week I have picked people that Sarah Huron will actually have heard of to try to get a little bit better of outcomes. But we are going to start with this match. Match will be refereed by Susan Sarandon, who is 74 this week. I can't. I can't. Okay, the first, I know, wild that she's 74, yeah. right? Touch a touch her. Okay, Gwen, your first couple up for elimination is Kate Winslet, who is 45 this week, and Alicia Silverstone, who is 44 this week. You know, I mean, two epic Hollywood babes of a certain era that I'm sure Sarah Heron didn't ever really watch in film <laughs> while they were out. I've seen Clueless. <laughs> well, Clueless is amazing, but you didn't watch it when it was out in theaters. No, I was one <laughs> years old. You did. All right, you know, Clueless really um, is one of my favorite films ever, and Cher Horowitz, one of the best heroines ever to grace the silver screen. However, since then, Alicia Silverstone has been feeding her children by a mouth like a baby bird gets fed by their mom. And I think she would be just, you know, like a little too nutty, crunchy. Kate Winslet has more energy and she would knock her right out. I 100% agree. All right, so here on. Yours is for uh, Dakota Johnson, who is 32 this week, and Rachel Lee Cook, who, wait, Dakota Johnson is 32 this week, and Rachel Lee Cook is 42 this week. Oh, wow, I thought it was gonna be Addison Ray who turned 20 of TikTok fame? I, you know, I thought about her, but no. Dakota Johnson and Rachel Lee Cook, she's all that, great movie. Um, I just watched her new Netflix movie, didn't love it, so I'll go Dakota Johnson because that viral Ellen clip just keeps making me laugh. Oh my God, amazing. All right, and then it's up to you to decide the standoff. Who is in it? It is your pick, Alicia Silverstone 
And she picked the other one. Knocked out. It's Kate Winslet versus Dakota Johnson. Um, okay, Kate Winslet versus Dakota Johnson. This is a good one. It is a really good one. You know, I love Dakota Johnson. Like, I really, really do. I think that she was the best thing about all of those um, Grey's movies. But she's kind of quiet in her acting. And I yeah. think that while she was doing that thing where she kind of, like, looks down and bites her lip, Winslet would swoop in with an uppercut and it would all be over. All right, ding, 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 there it is. Well, thank you, Sarah Huron and Gwen Flamberg for being our amazing, beautiful, and insightful host today. Um, everyone listening, make sure you give us five stars, no less please, and like and subscribe and send it to five people or a mysterious monster will come and haunt you in the night if you don't send this email now to five people. Telling them to like and subscribe to the Us Weekly Pod Hollywood podcast. Check usmagazine.com for all the news throughout the week. Pick up Us Weekly on stands right now. And we'll be back next week for another episode. Bye. Bye.